Okay, so hello. We just introed with a uh, toilet paper ad, and I had to pee moments before this, and I found gray hairs in my eyebrow, multiple. Oh, I thought you were led with the bathroom, so I was like, "Your pubes are gray." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was as I was washing my hands, but I found a gray. I feel like this is too soon. Eyebrow. Are you sure it's a gray eyebrow and not a white one? Because I have a really like a blonde one that has grown in my eyebrow for years and it gets really long and it just weaves in. And like once a year I pluck in, it's like six inches long. These are new. I would have known. I would have noticed before. There's two. These? Two of them. Two. Oh, Sabrina. I feel too young for that. You got to go get some beard dye and dye your eyebrows. Or I'll just let my eyebrows go gray and I'll be that woman. Ooh, actually, that would be so cool. Ooh, what if that I would look sick. dye them just like completely gray and my hair is black or whatever color it is, brown? I'd like it. Ugh. What should we call you? Miss Silver? I don't know. No, I feel like it's witchy. We'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina, and this is an Encounters episode where we read your stories that end up giving us nightmares or make us cry and feel things that we usually like to not feel. So Mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. I have an update to give you. And it's not an update that you're expecting unless you saw this on the internet. But something happened in the world What a, a week or two ago. I guess by the time this comes out, closer to a month ago. So there's this rock. There's this volcanic rock in Japan. Uh-huh. Have you heard of it? No. I mean, Do you know where I'm going? No. Okay. Okay. So it's called Seshoseki or the Killing Stone. And so the, here it's this legend. Oh, wait. I have. That- I, saw, I saw an article, but I didn't read all of it. Okay. okay. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. It's making me nervous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like I totally buy into all of the, the superstitions and the lore. But basically, so long story short, and I think that there are plenty of more qualified people out there to talk about the actual meaning of this rock and the true backstory. But I'm going to give you a super, super quick version of it. So in Japanese mythology, the Sashoseki stone, this killing mm-hmm. stone, it kills anyone who comes in contact with it. And it's been around <sighs> for a thousand years. So supposedly this rock houses this evil entity, this like demonic spirit called the evil nine-tailed fox, who actually took the form of this beautiful woman named Tamama Nome. And this entity in the form of this lovely lady plotted to kill the emperor Toba because he was apparently holding power for much longer than he should. And so she came or this entity came and attempted to murder him. And so then the spirit of this nine-tailed fox was captured and put into the stone (gasps) where it has laid for a thousand years. And it's on the volcanic mountains. Uh And so it like does release some, some gases or it's said to like release some killer gases, which is why people call it the killing stone. However, this is all to say that a few weeks ago it cracked open So everyone now is like, oh, my God, does this mean that the evil spirit in the Killing Stone is released? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just going to put a positive spin on it because I kind of have like, I feel for this spirit. What if she's not evil or it's not evil at all, but this man that she was going to kill and murder actually needed to be killed and murdered? What if he was Mm. a dictator or someone evil? Well, then we should redirect his energy to another country yeah. that we all yeah. are aware hint, of right hint, now. Hint, 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 hint. 
Yeah. I mean, I I did the most surface level research ever, which Whoa. was just read an article about the stone breaking. But I really want to know all of the backstory yeah. and, and the history in this Ooh, folklore, in this superstition. Add it to an upcoming episode. Do research what? of it. Like do it as a topic. Oh, genius. Of course. We have, we have this is the platform can- for it. <laughs> what am I doing? What are you doing? Okay. Screenshot adding it to our <laughs> list. Perfect. Okay. Well, so- we'll see if the stone does anything in the meantime. But yeah, I'm it, curious. You know, it reminds on me, the loose. I've been watching, I think I mentioned this to you. I've been watching Vampire Diaries over from the beginning again, and mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. But it just, this stone gives me the vampire originals energy because they're like oh. kind of staked in these boxes for centuries but they're not they can't be killed with a regular stake and so when they take the like wood stake out of their heart they come back to life Ooh, there's like a specific tree Creepy. that can kill them the banyan tree i do love the banyan tree didn't you cover an episode about ba- there was a banyan tree in it i talked about it because there we saw one in hawaii and then my dad grew up on a street with banyan trees and like had been touched by a spirit and he was like afraid to walk on that street Oh, okay. Yes, that's what it was. Like the tree of Pakistan, I think. So he grew up on a street in Pakistan that had a bunch of them. And like, yeah, they if you were on it alone, like the spirits would come out and do things. I had a proud moment the other day when we were in Florida because we were walking by a tree and everyone's like, that's a really cool tree. And I was like, haha, that looks like a banyan tree. And then we looked it up and it was. And I was like, why do I know this? And I was like, I feel like it was Sabrina taught me this. And it was. I taught you. You taught me what a banyan tree is. I love when I teach you things. You're dead. I'm a tree person now. You're a tree person. I feel like you've always been a nature person. You have your green. There's like growing herbs. Like you have if that going I, for you. If I got into witchcraft, which I hope that I do in the near future, I think I would be a green witch. You're never too sure. old to become a witch. What 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 would you be? Black magic, probably. <laughs> Black magic Curses woman. Evil things where my hair starts falling out because I'm giving up parts of myself to do my black magic i'll heal you me and oh the my trees gosh, baby we make a great team <laughs> no i would never ever ever curse anyone except for an ex-boyfriend Certain people <laughs> or people who like come to me and pay me good money i'll be like yeah i'll curse whoever you want <laughs> It's all about Here's it's all about thing. cash income. There's always people deserving of being on a list. It's just is it worth it for you to take a part of yourself right. to put that person on the list? Cuz they say they say as in the research very minimal research that I've done in my life that black magic is so much more wear and tear on the person who's performing it. Right. Yeah, like, you know, some historical figures would be better off dead. Should we do black magic to erase them? Perhaps. Perhaps. But yeah, maybe not your your high school nemesis or the babysitter you didn't get along with. Maybe not those. Yeah, they probably don't deserve that. Anyway, witchcraft one day. I mean, I guess I am turning gray, so it might be the time for me to become <laughs> the wicked old witch in, in the woods that gives out strange <laughs> apples. Well, until then, we can get you through your day with some good old-fashioned ghost stories. And you might go gray from fear, which is – maybe that's why I'm going gray. Maybe that's – it's all the scary stories. The stress of hearing the horrifying stories every single week is causing you to go gray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll go with that. We before we get into stories, we're gonna tell you this because we want you to mark your calendars and make sure you don't miss it because it's gonna be I'm gonna re-listen to it because it was so much fun. You guys. We're so excited. 
Oh, we did something. We did a thing. <laughs> we did a thing, and it was such a blast. We had our first ever crossover episode with the podcast Ladies and Tangents. Jerry and Sierra are so awesome, and we have a ton of similarities. We're basically each other's doppelgangers. Or soul In sisters. a way, yeah, we are. Or as we may have discovered in part one of this crossover that is on Ladies and Tangents, Feed coming out on Tuesday, April 5th. Sierra and I might be sisters. Genuinely, though. Like, truly. Yeah, so we got together with them to have this sort of, you know, typical sleepover. Some girl gab, get to know you, and naturally some ghost stories. So part one that Sabrina just mentioned is being posted on their feed. And that comes out Tuesday, April 5th. And we play games. We get really deep. Yeah, we played We Aren't Really Strangers, which is a great game to really break down barriers and get to know people and we went on tangents as they do as we do and then we came over to part two which will be posted on our feed on sunday april 10th and jerry and sarah both have kids that are creepy and so we made it a theme of creepy kids we have stories from you listeners and they brought their own stories and they brought stories from listeners all about creepy paranormal stories with kids it's literally so fun. Like, I'm still buzzing from, buzzing. from that. Buzzing. We spent like three or four hours with them, and I could have spent a million we, more. We so were in Austin we're when we recorded it, and truly our checkout of our room was at 1 p.m., and we recorded it until like 12.40 p.m. We were, we were ready to stay. We were like, they're going to drag us out of this room. Yeah, we couldn't get off. It was, it was too, too fun. fun. So go check them out, and then listen to part two on yes. our feed. All right, I'm going to volunteer myself first because I feel like I often tell you to go first, correct? It's funny because the last Encounters episode, I said basically the exact same thing but to you. So perfect. Oh, wait. No, but that means that I went first no, last time. No, because so I went first, first last time. I, I said to you, I feel like I should go first because I always tell you to go first. And you are now saying the opposite to me. Oh, that's perfect. Well, here we are. Here we are. And I have a story from Ivan. It's called Black-Eyed Kids or Just Ghosts? <gasps> Hello, ladies. My name is Ivan, and I have an interesting encounter. I have a couple, but this one is about me and my brother when we were kids. So I was around six years old, and my brother was 10 or 11 years old. I'm now 21, but I remember this just as if it were yesterday. Ooh. We went to a park in Dallas, Texas for a big family cookout, and me and my brother and cousins headed over to the play area to play, of course. Fast forward till it was just me and my brother and two other little boys around the same age and the exact same height. We were the only ones playing with them while all of the other kids ignored them. I didn't think much of it because you know how kids are. It was around 10 p.m. and we were getting ready to go back to where our family was, thinking that they were worried because we were gone for hours. So there we stood with the other kids face to face, and the kids looked normal, but I couldn't really see their eyes. Maybe I just can't make them out since it's been years, but their eyes don't really come to mind. They had asked us if they could go with us, and my brother looked at me, and I shrugged, and he said, I don't know, my parents wouldn't like y'all being over there without your parents. And they just looked at each other. Our mother called us looking for us. So we turned around and not even 20 seconds later, we turned back and these kids are gone. (gasps) Nowhere to be seen as if they just vanished. So me and my brother being scared, we've ran back to our mom and we haven't said anything since. I brought it up to him once, but he just seemed to have forgotten. So now I'm the only one stuck with this memory. Well, anyway, that's my story. 
Yikes. <laughs> anyway, I love your podcast. Keep up the good work. I've been listening since 2019 and I'm all caught up and even re-listened to some of the episodes when I don't have anything else to listen to. Love y'all. Be safe and stay spooky, Ivan. Um. Okay. So, Ivan, thank goodness you and your brother said basically no to no. these kids because whether right. they were black-eyed kids or spirits, they clearly wanted to go home with you. Yeah, I I am interested if the other kids weren't seeing them. That's why they weren't playing with them. Right. Like maybe it was just truly – because I understand how kids are, but I I feel like with that much time spent at the playground, there would have been at least one or two interactions. Right. Yeah. You cross over some, especially if other people are playing with the kids. Then you go and you ask, you know, some things. So the fact that no one else was playing with them and – they vanished. They yeah, vanished poof. into thin air. That doesn't happen. Right. And the like everything, the way that it all adds up, like the way the kids looked at each other when Ivan's right. brother said, I don't know, my parents wouldn't like being like you guys over there without your parents. And they look at each yeah, other their like, reaction. we don't have parents. Or even like, uh-oh, this didn't work. Yeah. Right. Because I, I mean, just thinking of other children that I have in my family or myself as a child, when someone says no, like you keep the conversation going. Like as a kid, like you might start bartering or you might bring up another thing or like, oh, well, I can ask my mom if I can go or I can see if my mom would let you come to us or, yeah. you know, like you you have a response. You don't just creepily look at the other person and just stare at them yeah, but, until you disappear. Okay. I feel like, yes, I, I think I'm adverse to wanting this to be black eyed kids. So in my mind, I'm like, they're just ghost spirits because what better place to hang out is ghost spirits than a playground. Right. You get a lot of friends right. and interaction. And it feels like to me, like the spirit of these two kids who like don't have parents because they're dead and they live at this playground area by themselves and they've been waiting to go home with like other kids and like have that family life again. Now you're breaking my heart. I know. But I mean, I'm curious from Ivan's experience or, or memory of this of this experience, if playing, because like, they were playing with these kids for a long time, it felt like. Mm. So mm-hmm. I I feel like if they were bad or had ill intent, they would have picked up on something weirder, hopefully. Whereas they right. felt like real kids and they were playing. Right. And for it sounds like for such a long time, yeah. you know, like Ivan said that they were gone for hours. Like they, it was hours yeah. that this cookout was occurring and they were all playing at the playground section next to it. Should we just go to all parks and say, come here, ghost kitties. Come here, ghost kitties. <laughs> well, now we're going to get, get arrested. We're going to let meow, meow. Oh, Yeah. No thanks. It's like no, we I don't want to be on that registry. The, <laughs> the ghosts. Listen to episode one thirty four encounters. You'll hear what I was trying to do. They're gonna lock you up. <sighs> then I'll get. I'll bring all the ghosts to the jail yard, <laughs> and then we can do an episode on <laughs> episode from prison. <laughs> you record it on like a flip razor phone. Hi guys, it's Sabrina from Two Girls One Ghost. <laughs> Live stream. Wow. Did Razors even have access to internet? Uh, that's a great question. I do not know. I don't either. I can't remember, but I definitely had one. I had a chocolate I razor. Like chocolate I chocolate was my favorite. Yeah. Yes. And I had the like normal silver one. And then I think I just went straight to a Blackberry after that. I'm trying to think what order I was in. It was either the chocolate and then whatever that like T9, the like the the one. That oh, oh, I had that one too. The one that like, yeah, like opened horizontally up horizontally flips up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like red or something or it Mine came was in a bunch of different colors. But yeah, you think it was different colors. And then I went Blackberry, I think. How long did you hold on to your Blackberry? Because so I still long. had 
mine when we met, Sabrina. Okay, I switched right before we met. But I was I remember iPhones were becoming popular and I was like I like Blackberries better. And I think same. I think because my dad worked with Blackberry in, to some extent, so I was like biased and it's just so funny how well, your just, parents and like whatever they care about imp- impressions yeah. on you. And all like the cool business women and movies yeah. and TV shows had blackberries. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. And blackberries had snake. And Loved there was just a lot of good things snake. about it at the time. That's why or people brick. called it the it Blackberry. Was brick, not snake. Brick. 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 Yes. Yes. Ugh. And BBM Messenger. Yeah. It was great. But I uh, finally succumbed to the iPhone sometime Same. during our freshman year of college. Wanted to fit in. And and now I'll never let it go. Yeah, now so, we have a new addiction. I'm curious if there will be something that is that same transition in our lifetime. Probably implants in our brains, maybe. Mm. Just send a well, text by I hope thinking Apple of it. Apple makes them because I own some Apple stock, so I'm Ooh. not trying to let go of all my phones. <laughs> I still want them to do well. Yeah. I want myself to do well. It would be cool, though, if you had an implant in your brain. You could just think of sending a text to someone and it would. Yeah, but then think of like what would happen then if you got hacked yeah but the, you it know? will be unhackable don't worry unhackable or like is that do all of your <gasps> this is oh, a great okay. tv show this is i was i was also thinking okay at first i was thinking like what if all of your dirty thoughts download onto it and that's the equivalent of hacking an iCloud now everyone's afraid of but what if it recorded your dreams <gasps> Wouldn't that be sick? Whoa. TM. Okay, but now I'm thinking of the dirty fo- dirty texts and stuff. And like, what if images don't store on like anything except for in your brain? So like when you wanted to pull up an image, it like came up in your mind's eye and not like there's no physical thing. Oh, oh. How could you – How and you would just have to like the equivalent of airdrop it to your friends when you're trying to show them a picture? Yeah, like, hey – Brain Siri, send nude to Corinne. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The the only issue with that is if you think too much. Like I feel like I would you know how your brain just thinks intrusive things. Intrusive thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> intrusive thoughts. What if no. I just send this weird image to so and so and it just did it by d- accident? Right. And then how would it know the difference between what you're dreaming and what you, what your like your actual waking commands are? You know, like what if in your dream, like you and I talk about how our dreams sometimes are so realistic, we think it's real life. Yeah, and it takes so a while to understand it's not. It's real too. <gasps> yeah. And what if the implant starts making you sleepwalk? And so, like, you're doing things because the implant thinks you're actually doing them in your like real life. And then you're like moving around and like a bunch of people start sleepwalking. And then it's the, it's like zombie land, but it's people with implants. Okay. Well, I think we just made a case against implants, but we made a case for a good television show. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay um sabrina's next big project starring corinne yeah of course you will be the lead <laughs> all that uh theater school money will uh pay off the theater school drop <laughs> okay i have a story from our listener carly and it is called my grandpa died on skinwalker ranch uh-oh Hey, ladies, I love this podcast. It gets me through the work days. Anyway, my grandpa told me this story, and I knew I had to email you about it ASAP. So we were up in my family's cabin when the subject of my grandpa dying came up. About two years ago, my grandpa had his heart stop, and he died. Doctors were able to bring him back and give him a second chance at life, and he then proceeded to have major health problems. But what if I told you it's all because of a place of land that is cursed? Mother flipping Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. 
As a child, he grew up in the town next to Skinwalker Ranch. He remembers hearing all about the family who lived there and all that whack stuff that was happening there. As he grew older, he forgot about the rumors of the ranch. My grandpa married his high school sweetheart and had a family and moved from his hometown. He started his own welding company, making beautiful gates and fences for a living. One day, he got a call to go place a new fence on a heavily secured area. My grandpa told us how serious they were about him just staying at the front gate and going no further into the property. Anyway, he finished up digging up the ground and placing the gate, but as he started to head home with his brother-in-law, he started getting pains in his chest. His heart then suddenly stopped and he died. This all happened on the property boundary of the ranch. The medics rushed him to the hospital and proceeded to give him CPR. They had to break six or 16 of his ribs. I can't remember which one it was, but I knew it had something with the number six, the devil's number. Anyway, they were able to revive him from death, but could not figure out what had made his heart stop. My grandpa's on his mid 60s around this time and was very healthy. But after the sudden stop of his heart, he has had problems ever since. Then, after this incident, a documentary crew came and asked him if they could share his story. Confused as to why they would want to tell a story of an old man having heart problems, he asked why would they want to tell the world about that. They told him the story of Skinwalker Ranch and explained to him he had dug on haunted lands. They then proceeded to tell him that in the contract of the property, it states that no one should dig on the property without telling the owner. Something like that. My grandpa ends up turning down the documentary crew and said he wanted nothing to do with it. After him telling our family this story, I started to freak the hell out. My cousin's comment earlier made sense now. Because earlier that night, I had come up to the cabin later than the rest of my family due to work. My cousin was supposed to come pick me up at the bottom of the hill in a razor. We didn't think the car I was in could make it up the slick snowy hill. I called her to come pick me up, and she then proceeded to tell me that she wasn't going to come pick me up because the little car couldn't make it. Me, being a good driver but still a 16-year-old, was skeptical about the hill. She even said, I'm not going to come pick you up, just drive up. And oh, don't let the skinwalkers come get you. I then flipped out and drove up that hill like a psycho because no way in hell was I going to be skinwalker meat. I then got told this story once I was up there. I hope you enjoyed it, but stay super spooky and see you on the other side, Carly. Ooh, I can't imagine not knowing that you're on Skinwalker Ranch because it's just so prevalent in our lives. I know. And like, it sounds, it sounds like they even like, you know, they made it very clear to him, like, don't come onto the property, like stay just on the outskirts of it. But He's still like digging up and putting in a gate in a fence. So like he has to be on the property. Right. It feels like they did a disservice by not telling him like, hey, by the way, there's this lore. I mean, granted, I guess they don't have to. But like if it says in the contract of the home that no one can dig on the land. Right. Then you should at least take the step further and explain why. Yeah. Right. I also wonder, too, if. Because it sounds like he was on the border, like he was on the outskirts of like what could maybe should or shouldn't be Skinwalker Ranch. But what if Skinwalker Ranch is slowly expanding? Maybe where he dug wasn't once a part of it, but then became a part of it. So it's like you never really know, truly know how far out it goes and where the border ends. It makes me think of the upside down, like how it's like bleeding into this world. It's just like spreading its creepy tentacles further and further and 
taking over. One day it will take over the entire world. It's a black hole. <gasps> yeah. Or even too, I'm thinking about like the tree systems under underneath the soil where the branches go and they, they tunnel. And I'm picturing it like, you know, he put his shovel in and he hit that, he hit that vein that is like pulsing back to the curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Don't like it. Why you got to do this to me? Why you put these thoughts no. in my mind? Well, Carly, this definitely was super spooky. But I am glad that your grandfather lived. I mean, how wild. I, that's the other thing is like, I feel like doctors are able to usually figure out if it was a heart attack or a stroke or something else. But like, yeah. they had no, they couldn't understand why his heart stopped so suddenly. At least he's alive again. And I'm I'm happy he gets to live. Right. Ooh, what if he like, now that he's like come back to life from the Skinwalker Ranch, he can communicate with Skinwalkers and he doesn't <gasps> know it. Oh my God. Oh, this is reminding me of my favorite book that Miss peregrine school for mm. peculiar children because the the kid can see the creatures like he's yeah. got the gift of of sight what if he yeah, is a skinwalker if- just kidding no <laughs> i don't believe that i don't either no we would know. i think he's the superhero now he can spot them he can sense them i wonder if he he's goes back his- to that land if anything would happen I wonder how many people listening are freaking out at how many times we've said the word is that a, is that a thing we're not supposed to say yeah oh <laughs> Uh, whoops we've said it said so it a many lot. times in this podcast i'm gonna get way more freaked out once i move outside of the city like in boston i feel protected but as soon as i have some land and some trees around me i'm gonna be freaking out every time we say it skinwalker ranch skinwalker no 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 why do All i right. do this Moving. why do i tempt fate so much <laughs> I don't it's my black it's magic intrusive. It's the intrusive thought. This is why you can't have the implant. Yeah. I just put it, like, beam it out to the world. Yeah. In my head. You, everyone's going to be playing Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Bloody All Mary is going to be things. real busy. She's going to have a lot <laughs> going on for her. She's going to have to hire some, like, interns to start, like, <laughs> showing up in people's mirrors. Okay. This one caught my eye because it's called Hot Local Ghosts in Your Area Caught on Tape. Click here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That is clever. Perfect for two girls, one ghost. You I know. Wow. Click here. Catering to <laughs> your audience. Hey, gorgeous ghouls. Nicole here. She, her. Proud Minnesotan living in the deep south. Skull yell. Skull. And then she wrote insert obligatory comment about how long I've been listening and how big of a fan I am. Sorry for the clickbait title. Don't say sorry. That was amazing. That's what we want. But how else am I going to get y'all's attention? (laughs) I've got a few different stories in my bank that I've been waiting to tell, including a family home exorcism, a warning from a voodoo preacher, and a ghoulish birthday visit. Okay. I want to share my most recent and heartwarming story while it's still fresh in my mind and in my heart. So, a slight rewind. Christmas 2021, my husband got me a handmade REM pod because I love ghost hunting shows. He's pretty skeptical on afterlife activity, but does believe our energy hangs around because, you know, energy can't be destroyed. He's open to it and all, but basically he needs more evidence, lol. (laughs) (laughs) So in case anyone is unaware what a REM pod does, it detects and alerts you of energy disturbances and fluctuations using multicolored lights and an audible alarm. So if you see the light and hear the noise, there's an energy shift near the machine, and theoretically, that is the spirit interacting with the machine. 
It does detect electronics and stuff, though, so you have to debunk what you're hearing and be aware of your surroundings when you're placing it in. A couple of weeks ago in February 2022, we had made the tough decision to put our beloved 15-year-old family dog, Honey, to sleep. Mm-hmm. We had a vet come to our house so that she could be comfortable and in a familiar surrounding. That morning, I decided to turn the REM pod on. I put it in the kitchen and I let it sit there for a while to make sure nothing non-paranormal was setting it off. And if it's silent for a while, chances are that's a good spot for it. That morning, I was talking in my head to my best friend, Ryan, who was deceased, and my grandparents and spirit guides in my head, just asking if they were around and if they were, if they could please help me essentially pick up honey and guide her over when she passes. Throughout the morning, I heard the REM pod randomly go off about three times briefly over the course of a couple hours. No new electronics were placed around it. Nothing about the environment changed, yet it went off. I thought maybe that they were just hanging around and setting it off to say that they were there and they were waiting for her. When the time came to give Honey her final dosage, I was holding her in my arms and I could feel her chest rise and fall with her shallow breaths. And then I felt the last one and she was gone. That damn REM pod went off immediately. (gasps) And let me tell you, I started crying even harder. And I looked at my husband immediately, and he had the same reaction. (laughs) Mr. Skeptic was bawling at the sound of the REM pod. I have chills. I immediately had the image in my head of Honey leaving her little body in my arms, seeing Ryan and excitedly leaping into his arms. And the minute she did, he wrapped his fingers around the green antenna of the rim pod to set it off and let me know that he's got her. (laughs) Stop. Fast. I know. Don't stop, but stop. (laughs) Fast forward to that evening and note the remainder of the story occurs all on the same day slash night. My toddler and husband were both asleep and my heart was aching. I was aimlessly wandering the house, not knowing what to do. And our other dog, Coda, depressed, hadn't gotten off the couch all day. So I decided to just sit with him and keep him company in the living room, even though it hurt to be in there. It was the dog's headquarters and just the day that I had been sitting on the floor holding honey for the last time. I sat on the couch and my sister Allison sent me a text saying, We are all in the living room hanging out, and I swear I thought I just heard dog nails walking around in the kitchen, pacing, and I thought it was Penny, so I called her multiple times. She was right under us next to the couch, just out of sight. I'm pretty sure the dog was Honey. I got chills. That was so weird. The last two days of Honey's life, she would not stop pacing, despite her back legs giving out all day, circling the house in some weird pattern. Honey loved my sister, and my sister would frequently watch my dogs for us when we were out of town. I told my sister that it probably was Honey out exploring and visiting her. I told her that for shits and giggles, I was going to set up the REM pod on the floor next to the couch where the dogs would frequently walk and sleep and just see what happens. So I set it down and I turned it on. It was silent for a few minutes, so I decided that it was an acceptable spot since there were no electronic interferences. Ten minutes passed, and I was getting a little sad that I wasn't hearing anything, so I decided to coax her in a little bit. I put my hand out, and I clicked my tongue, and I made the squeaky kissy noises from my lips that I would do to get her attention, and no shit, that REM pod started going off. It interacted with me for at least three minutes straight as I cried and I held out my hand. After things settled down, I decided to wake up my husband and tell him what just happened, even though I was hesitant to share. He looked at me blankly and said, 
I didn't know if I wanted to tell you this, most likely because he, as a skeptic, felt dumb for trying to communicate with our dead dog despite the earlier incident that day when she did die. But when you went to pick up Violet from school, I tried the same thing, and the same thing happened. My heart skipped a beat, and I felt a flutter of warmth knowing that she was still with us. Oh my gosh. These combined experiences brought me immense comfort during a time when I felt inconsolable, and I'm so grateful I got to experience that. Unfortunately, just 12 days later, our other 13-year-old family dog, Coda, was attacked and killed by our neighbor's <gasps> loose dogs while he was out for his morning no. potty break. I've had my dogs my entire adult life, adopting them both when they were just one-year-old pups. They were bonded, and Honey was the older, wiser sister, and Coda was the annoying, lovable oaf of a brother. We somehow lost both of our babies in a matter of 12 days. Unfortunately, I haven't had any signs from Coda or Honey since then, but even through my suffocating grief and my anger, I feel at peace knowing that they're together again and that my best friend Ryan just gained two new amazing dogs for all of eternity until we meet again. Hug your pets, y'all. Thanks for giving a voice to all of us that have had such incredible experiences. It's appreciated more than you know. Here are some photos of Honey and Coda. Nicole. I, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, Nicole. Oh, I hate, that's so heartbreaking. It's, yeah, I mean, it's horrible. To lose both of your babies, both pups within 12 days of each other. I know, and for Coda to go through such a scary experience too. Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. It's so sad. Oh, I was not expecting that. Like it was sad enough with Honey and I I was like- at least it's a little sweet because you guys were communicating with honey, but then, to, oh, I'm so sad. Although I do think, you know, as amazing as it was for honey to come back and, and to hang around and interact with Nicole and her husband and Nicole's sister, it sounds like part of why honey was hanging back was for Coda yeah. to be Coda's big sister. And now that they're together, they moved on they feel comfortable going because now they're together i'm imagining honey and coda in a future life and their actual sister and brother and they do a past life reading and they find out that they were brother and sister in a past life but they were dogs and they had a really good life and they were happy and they died within a week of each other and they that's why they moved on to the new life together Oh, well, it sounds like Nicole has a really good support system that does exist on yeah. the other side. So there's there are plenty of loving and caring people yeah. there to take Coda and to take Honey and to just care for those that cross over while also yeah. looking out for those that are still here. I've also never heard of a REM pod before. Have you? No, I have not. I mean, I well, I'll say yes and no. I think, yes, I've seen videos of them, but I haven't Mm. really put much thought into actually getting one. But I'm curious now. I'd be too – I mean, I feel like this was the perfect opportunity to use it. I'd be too scared to just use it on a whim, like on a normal day. Because I'm sure there are plenty of ghosts. Like I'm sure they're watching me as I shower. I'm sure they're watching me as I sleep. (laughs) But I basically don't want to know if there's a ghost everywhere, anywhere. Right. I wonder if it would work in my apartment because I live in a big apartment complex. So I just imagine that there's electricity and wires running literally everywhere. And you wouldn't be able to tell if something like upstairs or downstairs is interfering with it. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe in a 
but I guess if there was ever a place for me to try it, I would actually want to do it here because I can move away from here. But if I buy a house, like I can't just be like, oh, there's a ghost. I'm leaving. I mean, you could. It wouldn't be easy, but you could. We've heard stories where people <laughs> up and move within days of terrifying things. Yeah. Things happen. Sometimes things happen and they're so scary that you – I mean, I can see that happening to me where there's just something where I'm like – I don't see an end. Like there's no quick enough resolution aside from me just moving, leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a good spirit. Right. But that's one of the things like I always think about like my childhood home. It's my perfect example of a haunted house because my parents have been there for 25 years and it's haunted and we have gone through it so many times cleansing it. And every single time, the same good spirits remain. Like, we've yeah. never kicked out a good spirit. You don't spirit. need to cook like, out good spirits. Right. But, like, if it were just this blanket thing where you could get rid of good spirits, then there wouldn't be any. But, like, it's not. Like, it's the bad energies that, that we don't want. Yeah. We don't want But the good better. energies, they stay. They, like, watch us with our sage. They watch us with our cedar and our crystals and my mom's, what's it called? Holy water. <laughs> You're going like this with your hand. You're like flapping. I was like, how am I supposed to know what that is? Water. Yeah. Water. (sighs) I wonder what it is like to be a ghost and to just sit on the sidelines and watch someone wander around with their little sage bundle. I mean, they probably watch you do a lot. They probably watch as you like eat dinner. Okay. Because you just read one about a dog, I will read one about a dog as well. This is from our listener, Chelsea. And it's called, Did My Dog Really Haunt Me? Hey, Sabrina and Corinne and Leah. First, I just want to say that I love your podcast. I just happened to come across it, and I have to say the name caught my attention, and I'm glad it did. I'm still getting caught up. That was the intention. That was the whole point. I'm still getting caught up. I know I have a long way to go, LOL. So the story I'm going to tell you probably won't really apply now, but I still think you ladies will like it. Okay, granted, this was sent in 2019, and it's now 2022. It absolutely always applies. So- Send your stories anytime. Mm -hmm. Okay. Caution. This could make you tear up. This is about my best friend, my dog, Sammy. We were inseparable. Everywhere I went, she was always right behind me. I even adopted a kitten who I named Storm about a few months after I adopted Sammy to keep her company while I was gone. Sammy was six and Storm was only three months. That was almost six years ago. This past July, I had to say goodbye to my best friend for, we'll just say, six years. I unfortunately had to put her down. She was in kidney failure and she had cancer. And one day it was clear the end had finally come. My mom went with me to the vet and the whole way over, I held her paw and I held her in my arms the entire time at the vet. They gave me time with her to say whatever I wanted And naturally, I told her how good she always was and all the things that you'd say in that situation. The only two things she gave me an answer to was when I asked her if she knew how much I loved her, and finally, if she was ready, to which she grunted to both, which told me she knew I loved her, and yes, she was ready. The words, she's gone, will never sound the same again. The whole day I had to put off crying, I couldn't let Sammy see me cry because the last thing I wanted was for her to spend her last moments worried about me. She was always concerned if she saw me cry, but after she was gone, I cried the whole way home and the rest of the night. I felt empty and lost without her. From the time I had to say goodbye to her, leading up to the first whole month without her, I had been experiencing some odd things. When I would go to bed, I could have sworn I would hear her tags on her collar when she would get up and shake like dogs do. Other times, I could have sworn I saw her in the dark. To paint you a quick picture, 
from my bed, you can see out of the bedroom door and see half of my kitchen table. The other half of the table is out of view, and behind that half of the table was her food and water bowls, so it wouldn't be unusual to see her walk past to get a drink. One night, I'm laying in bed, and I happen to look out of the bedroom door in time to see what looked like the silhouette of Sammy walk past the half of the table I can see, like she's on her way back to the couch to go back to sleep. I lay there thinking my mind is simply playing a trick on me because of how much I miss her, and I must have just imagined the whole thing. Seems reasonable. But now, here I am, two days before the month mark. I go to bed dreading what's coming in just a few days. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I had a dream that I'm asleep in bed when, for some reason, I wake and see Sammy turn and walk out of my room. I jump out of bed and go out to my living room, thinking maybe I had a nightmare. As I walk out to the living room, I see her standing there with her tail wagging and she's smiling like she normally would. I think to myself that this was all a dream. She's still here. And I find myself smiling back at her. She's literally standing right in front of me. I reach my hand out to pet her like I've done a hundred times. But as I go to touch her, she takes a step back from me, all while still wagging her tail and smiling. I think it's strange, but I blow it off and try again. Again, she backs away. I think to myself, that's not like her, and start to wonder if she's mad at me for having to do what I did. I say her name, and she stands there, and I ask her why she won't let me pet her. She looks at me, her tail stops wagging, and her smile's gone, like she's trying to tell me something. Finally, one more time, I go to pet her, and again, she backs up and turns to walk away. I notice that my apartment seems to have filled with a bright light, and as Sammy turned to head for the front door, I yelled her name and asked where she was going. She stopped, tail wagging again, and looked at me over her shoulder as a blinding light continued to fill the apartment. The next thing I knew, I woke up back in bed. I couldn't fall asleep after that. It felt like she was really here. I went to my mom's and casually told her about my dream. My mom thinks maybe it wasn't really a dream and that she really was there, but it was made to seem like a dream and maybe she wouldn't let me touch her because she wasn't a physical form and didn't want to freak me out, which would have been a Sammy thing to do. I think she could be right, but I also think the reason Sammy wouldn't let me touch her was because maybe when she does finally let me, it'll be my time to go with her and she knows right now isn't the time. That's my story. I'm not sure if it was a haunting or if it was a dream or if it was a haunting made to look like a dream. Either way, I think it was her way of saying, hey, I'm okay. Stop worrying about me. I'm not mad at you and I'll see you again one day. After that encounter, I haven't seen any shadows or heard her tags. I haven't even had a dream about her. I believe though that she's my soulmate for an animal and I believe we will see each other again. Who knows, maybe, like Corinne and her mom and Wrinkles, we've been traveling together for a while along with Storm since he seems to be like my familiar. But there you have it, that's my story. I have a couple others, but I thought you ladies might find this one interesting. Thanks for taking the time to read this and I'll see you on the other side, Chelsea. It is, I mean, uh, losing a pet is truly indescribable when someone hasn't experienced it it's like a true like part of your heart is lighting on fire and crumpling and staying in the belly of your soul they're your family truly it is heart-wrenching and so i'm so sorry about sammy i'm so sorry for anyone who's experiencing anything like that or who has but it's interesting that sammy (laughs) was still wagging her tail and like smiling as Chelsea reached out to pet her, mm-hmm. but was still stepping back. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, if there was consciously something that Sammy knew, like, was she being, did she know that they had to be separate and that if Chelsea stayed for too long, it might, it might mean something bad or it might mean that right. she's not able to return to her body in this, like, astral state? Mm-hmm. Or was Sammy just kind of, like, unknowingly being dragged towards the light? <laughs> 
like just kind of backing it up. And then the white light comes over her eventually, you know? It does. I mean, what Chelsea said about Sammy not wanting to let her touch her because then maybe it would freak her out because she's not like a physical form. She was a ghost. Mm -hmm. But it was – it did seem like Sammy was ready to go to the light and wanted to make sure first to say goodbye to Chelsea and say like, I'm happy. I'm okay. We'll see each other sometime soon and I still love you and, you know, like to have that final goodbye where she's happy rather than like the sadness of putting – because when you say goodbye to a pet and you have to put them down, like they're in – probably the worst place that you've ever seen them in their lives. And that's why it's so yeah. hard when you're saying goodbye because it's like you're you're all the fond memories are kind of wiped away by this like sadness. And so the last now the last oh, moment that Chelsea has with Sammy is this like Sammy smiling and wagging her tail and just saying I'm okay. All my memories and feelings <laughs> oh, of losing a pet are coming back up. Oh my God, it's horrible. It is. I'm curious, though, like, if Storm reacted at all. Because I truly believe Sammy's spirit was present, that, like, Chelsea saw Sammy multiple times going to the food bowl or going to the couch. And it wasn't until they were able to, like, have this moment together that I truly believe it it wasn't a dream. Like, I believe it was her brain processing it as a dream. But Sammy needed to have this moment before finally walking into the light. (sighs) I love that. Ugh, I'm not – why do we do this? I'm not going to recover from this. I'm going to be but like shaky voice, like snotty the whole time. I know, but the, these ones are sweet because – don't worry. The the next story I have is very terrifying. It will it will snap you back into <laughs> a can't different even talk way. about this. Uh, oh, we broke We need like grin. a trigger warning <laughs> for me. Even though I brought this on, I read, I read yeah. the first one. But I eventually prepped for one. I know. I didn't prep for two. I know. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Sorry. I'm like full on crying. It's so sad that we're so far away from each other. Like this is a – I just want to hug you. It's just (laughs) – You're in. (laughs) It's just I'm thinking of wrinkles and I'm thinking about like – Sorry. (laughs) I'm just thinking about when my dad – like I just regret not going with my dad like we sent my dad to put wrinkles Aww. down because none of us could handle it and i wish that we had the option to have it happen in the home but we didn't and i'm just thinking about like my dad wrinkles alone having I to know. go through that together and it's just really really sad i know Ugh. i'm going to read oh no oh no i have one called my dad's deceased uncle saved our dog <laughs> okay but this is good saved the dog okay Okay. Man, I was not ready for this today. We clearly were influenced by the encounters we did about pets. And we've saved – we, we, we had 100%. a lot of um, leftovers Left that over. we wanted to yeah. read. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Hey, Ghostesses. <laughs> She's back. My name is Jade, and I'm a huge fan from Melbourne – from Melbourne, right? Yeah. Australia. And I have a few stories that are unfortunately not my own, but they are my dad's. The first thing that I need to tell you is that my dad's deceased uncle, Fours – saved our dog. My dad had a dream where his uncle came to him and said, your dog's going to die. And he then proceeded to show him random landmarks, which I think was some hills and a road sign and said, this is where it's going to happen. And my dad woke up and he was like, what the fuck? That was random. And then he proceeded with his day. Whoa. My dad was later sitting in the back seat of the car with our Rottweiler Duke and my stepmom and my grandma were in the front seats. 
After a while, my dad saw the exact same hills and sign on the road and thought to himself, fuck, that's what fours showed me. (gasps) So my dad then instinctively reaches out his arm to grab Duke, who had also at the same time went to bark at a passing truck and had accidentally leaned on the button that wound down the window and began to fall out of the car. Oh my gosh. Mind you, they're driving on this country road going over 100 kilometers per hour, which would have easily killed Duke. But my dad had managed to catch him by his tail (gasps) as he fell and pulled him back into the car. If Forrest had not shown my dad where this was going to happen, he most likely would not have reacted fast enough and Duke would have been killed. The child lock is now on permanently in the car, LOL, and my grandma was thrilled that her brother saved Duke. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This next story comes with a trigger warning for suicide. My dad's an ex-cop, and back in the 90s, a co-worker was suspected to be using online chat rooms to meet with underage girls, which as a cop and pursuant to the law was a big no-no. In order to catch this man, some other officers had set up a fake account posing as an underage girl and had arranged to meet with this guy at a park where he was arrested. My dad was the one that interviewed him about what was going on and had apparently given him a very hard time about it, given the nature of the crime. The man later was sent home, and he began not answering calls, and he was MIA. Two police officers were sent to his house to perform a welfare check, where he was found to have completed suicide in the garage. My dad was sent to check for foul play and evidence of his crimes. When he arrived, the two police officers were still in there, and they showed my dad where this man was found. My dad then went into the house to check for evidence, and he didn't find anything until he went into the man's bedroom, which was on the second floor. My dad said that when he went into the room, he knew the evidence was hidden under the mattress. When he approached the mattress and he was about to lift it, the door to the bedroom suddenly slammed itself shut. There was no open windows in the entire house. It was not windy outside. My dad said that he could feel a presence, the presence of this man in the room. And when he turned to look under the mattress again, he felt what was like a huge mass around him, holding him in a tight bear (gasps) hug. My dad tried to remain calm and walk towards the closed door, all whilst feeling the presence in the room. He kept telling himself, fuck, the door is locked. I'm not going to be able to get out of here and I'll be stuck in here with him. But once he got to the door, he slowly reached out and he turned the handle and it wasn't locked. He then ripped open the door and hauled absolute ass down the stairs and outside to the other officers. He got to them, puffed and out of breath, and he said to them, fuck, he was in there with me. I know he's dead, but he was in that fucking house. And the officers looked at each other and they were like, ooh, we promised we would never speak of this again. But when we got here, we could hear him in the garage. He was talking to us. He kept shouting at us to fuck off and to leave no. him alone. We kept telling him to open the door, but he wouldn't. So we had to break it in. And that's when we found that he had actually been deceased <gasps> for a couple days. This story has been – I have chills. This story has always been my favorite of my dad's. He has a few more, and so does my brother. Keep up the amazing work, and I'll see you on the other side. Jade. I have – I don't even know where to begin. But let's start with Duke. Okay. I I feel better now. Yes. This like brought us back. Okay. I this things like this when these happen, I have such a weird out of body mind blown experience because it just makes me ask so many questions about like time and fate and it just seems like things are predestined. The spirits know of everything that's going to happen, which means that like they probably know the answers to everything in the in the future. But mm. but then it's like – but this story is an example of how you can change that. So it's like I it just it, – it blows my mind because it's like 
when is spiritual interference allowed? Or is did Forrest break the rules in order to share this story with, with Jade's dad? And then also like, right. how do you defy fate? I, it just, it really boggles my mind. Right. And I'm also thinking about like timelines and alternate timelines and like things yeah. that could happen that could change the future. And like, what if this wasn't ever supposed to happen? And some small thing that happened the day before altered maybe their reality. Maybe it was a truck driver, something right. in his life put him on the road at that time. Like something that wasn't supposed to happen. And it and it did. It and maybe that just upset Forrest so much where he was like, this was never supposed to happen. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. That he did try to s- correct the timeline shift. Yeah. And save the dog. I mean, it's kind of not to like really, uh, this isn't exactly it, but it's kind of like when people are listening to our podcast and it pauses when like someone's at a stoplight and all of a sudden like they're like trying to fix it, which makes them miss like a second of the green light. But thank goodness they did because the truck ran the red. Right. Right. And people have emailed us like that does happen sometimes. And it's just all these things where it's like, you know, I love to think that it's our podcast ghost doing it. And maybe, maybe it is. And I'll give them credit. But like, it's also an opportunity for all of these other people on the other side and guides and loved ones to interfere with electronics for a second or like to give us a message and keep us safe for just a moment longer as much as they possibly can. It it really is so fascinating. What's also fascinating is how much energy this man had when he passed in his home yeah. to still be able to essentially like touch and hold and yell Talk. and speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's so physical. And it, right. it's so interesting. Like the police officers thought that it was an actual, he was alive. Like, right. Yes. That they were trying to intervene yeah. in this it's, possible mental crisis. It's so interesting because it, it, I mean, again, it like reminds me how little we actually understand of the paranormal because we've heard stories of like spirits like that show up as, you know, like black masses and can't really communicate, can't really move things or do anything because it, it takes so much energy. So it just mm-hmm. makes me wonder if what is the perfect concoction of energy to make this happen and is it because this man had such like a darkness in him like maybe like so much baggage and held on to such awful things that he had done that gave him energy i mean it's kind of like black magic right this darkness kind of feeds off in a more powerful energy yeah mix it with extreme desperation and yeah you know potentially some some past lives coming through yeah you know like maybe there was some darkness in lives lived in in the past and all of those came forward and they created this sort of like mega energy well that's interesting what if the more powerful spirits are those that have lived many more lives like a newer soul won't Mm. be able to show or do as much in the afterlife as a soul that or, or in comparison to a soul that's had many lives I feel like that would make sense, right? Or I guess because you have like about more like energy stacking certain experiences too. Although it's so interesting because I feel like the older I get, my energy dwindles. So <laughs> I, I don't know. You got to be reborn, I, baby. Reborn me? No, not yet. But like, <laughs> not if I not yet. Please, not yet. Not yet. Not for a long, long no, time. No, no, no. Gotta wake up. <laughs> Just inject me with adrenaline just keep giving yeah. myself epi pens that i don't have access to oh i'm supposed to have an epi pen did you know that 
For what? But for I, avocado? No, for cherries. You have like because the my, saddest allergies. I have a million. And they're so they're like the they're like so rare and sad. Apples, peaches, pears, raspberries, cherries, hazelnut, avocado, quinoa. Is that it? The avocado one really hurts me. The avocado one was the universe laughing at me because it was the year that I moved to California was when I developed the allergy. I was like, seriously, I just got here. So you've they put okay, avocado in everything. So it was newer. So you've had guacamole in the past. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. but that, that's also worse because it's like, okay, I've always kind of asked this. Like, would you rather be born with an allergy or develop one later? And I think developing one later is worse because like you've had that ability to taste it and then now you can no longer have it. Mm. I will say I think, oh, I forgot my big one. Wheat. I can't have wheat. Yeah. <laughs> I think raspberries and apples are the hardest out of my list because mm. I love the flavor of those and then my favorite allergy the one that i like if i could choose to not be allergic to it i would still keep it is hazelnut because i have no self-control around sweets and it prohibits me from having nutella Nutella. and hazelnut flavored like chocolate cakes and ice creams so it's one less thing that i can have which is good that's a good thing have i ever told you i probably told you this fact because i was obsessed with it when i first learned it did you know that artificial vanilla is made out of beaver butt goo? <laughs> okay. Yes. I Now I remember you telling me that, but I 1,000% pushed that into the back <laughs> of my brain and forgot about it because I did not want to know about that. It's so disturbing. Like who came up – who decided one day to taste the goo that comes out of a beaver's butt? And what do they put – what do they put artificial vanilla in? You know like the vanilla flavoring that you use for like cooking sometimes – you have to make sure you check in that it's like like actual from the vanilla bean because some of them are artificial. But like <gasps> certain like – I assume mine's from the vanilla bean because it's like 30 freaking Yeah, dollars. then yours is the real one. Okay. Okay, there is an ant on my wall and I've – it is like racing. It is the fastest freaking ant. Because it knows that you're looking at it. Yeah, so it's like, and I want to kill it. Got to get to safety. Well, you're about to die, little bitch. Oh, no. Murdering. It's a rogue one. It lost its friends and family. I am an ant serial killer recently. One one moment. I need to uh, get my weapons. Goodbye, ant. Okay. Okay. Well, now that the ant ant is dead, we can uh, tell you about better things in life. (laughs) As we're talking about animal souls crossing (laughs) over, and you're just like, this one's reborn, and it is going to be much stronger in its next life. It's probably going to be reborn into the same ant colony that lives in your house. Oh, my gosh. I hope so. It's ready to battle you. Okay. I was just going to put a trigger warning for this one because it involves sexual assault by demons. Okay. This is from our listener, Alexa, and it is called, A Demon is Trying to Impregnate Me? Question mark. Hey, ghoulies and Leia and ghost. I know what you're probably thinking. What the fuck does that subject line even mean? Honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Just as a warning, this is about to get a little wild and still makes me super nervous to this day. Anyway, I'm Alexa and I'm 21 years old and living in sunny Naples, Florida, which is probably the senior citizen capital of the world. Exciting, (laughs) right? Anyways, I've always been super sensitive and I'm also an empath. I've had weird stuff happen to me since I was a toddler that I can't explain. From being in my crib and being deathly afraid of the creepy dark bathroom next to my crib for absolutely no reason, hearing my dead dog's nails click clack on the tiles like he always used to as I'd fall asleep at night, 
To hearing my deceased mother's voice call me from the room she died in when I was home alone. You know, the usual. I always told my grandma that our house was haunted. She never believed me until she stopped to use the restroom before we left one day, and she tossed her keys onto the middle of her freshly made bed before running in to do her business. I mean, I watched her toss the keys. I saw them there. We also did not have any pets at the time, so there is absolutely no explanation for what happened. As she walks out of the bathroom, she goes to grab her keys, and they are nowhere to be found. We looked all over the room, even in other rooms, just to be sure. And when we headed back into her room, lo and behold, they were sitting smack dab in the middle of the bed like they never moved. She pretends that it never happened, but I will never forget. However, as the years went by, I grew more and more depressed. High school was my falling point. It's also when some of my worst experiences began. Freshman year, I had a dream about two women dressed in 19th century style clothing. It was completely pitch black all around except for the flame lit street lamp they stood under. They looked completely normal, but as I approached them, they were startled to see me. They explained that they were sex workers who were murdered by their clients and desperately needed help. I told them that I didn't know how to help them, and as they became more and more upset, they kept approaching me. I nervously stepped back into the darkness, and that's when I woke up. I laughed it off, telling my best friend Holly about it and making the excuse that it must have been something that I ate. Well, I highly doubt that, because every night that week, I had different people asking me for help, and their appearances got more and more gruesome. The worst was a family, the parents, two small children, and a baby cradled in its mother's arms, all covered in blood. Oh, gosh. It seemed to me that they had been hacked to death with what I was guessing was an axe. They couldn't talk, and instead, I heard it in my head. I couldn't take it anymore, and I woke up drenched in sweat every night. I was showing up to school with dark circles and falling asleep in class. I told Holly that I didn't know what to do anymore. And that same night, I had a completely normal dream, or so I thought. I was dreaming about playing some Hunger Games-esque game minus the killing, when suddenly a black screen cut into my dream. It was similar to driving down a road and having another radio station cut in. I was aware of it and super confused, but kept on. This screen kept popping up, and soon it would flash. It would flash a pentagram, then murdered children, or Baphomet, the sabotic goat. I grew extremely unsettled and kept trying to wake myself up. Finally, the darkness overtook my dream, and I was watching it as if it were on a screen. Suddenly, something began speaking to me in my head. It sounded like the voices of thousands of people, all speaking different languages that I somehow could understand, all saying the same thing. It, or they, told me that I would be tasked with something at a later time in my life and that it would be back. If I didn't comply or if I told anyone, it would either rape me and impregnate me with something evil— possess me or kill me and drag my soul straight to hell. Good God. It suddenly cut out after the message was over and I woke up to my grandmother shaking me, telling me to wake up. I was sweating profusely and sobbing. Apparently I was screaming at the top of my lungs in my sleep. She asked me what was wrong and after the message, I was too afraid to tell her. I held onto the secret for years until I had to tell someone. I couldn't hold it in anymore and I think I've already began to pay for it. The next year, my depression worsened. I was suicidal. I dropped out of public high school and no longer wanted to live. My life went from awful to worse. Eventually, I began dating a guy that we'll call Devin. Devin tried bringing me out of the darkness. He took me out every day and tried to distract me from the pain I felt every chance he got. Now, I lived with my grandparents who were, and still are, huge casino freaks. 
They went every week, sometimes several times a week. So every day I'd take a shower and get ready to go out with Devin. For reference, my bathroom was near the front door in between two bedrooms and had a very small window really high up on the wall. One day I said goodbye to my grandparents as they left to waste their money at the casino and hopped into the shower. I always listened to music on my waterproof speaker while I showered and held quite a few embarrassing concert performance while in there. Hey, we all have. This time, through the noise of some Tame Impala song and the sound of the shower, I heard my front door open and close and heard people talking and opening and closing bedroom doors. I assumed it was my grandparents again, as my grandma tends to remember that she left her phone at home when she's already on the road. I continued my business, but after a few minutes, I realized I could still hear it. So I turned off my speaker and started to listen. Instead of hearing my grandparents bickering over where the hell the phone might be, I heard three different people I didn't recognize, a woman and two men. They were speaking softly enough that it was unintelligible. And that's the moment I panicked because all I could think was that my house was being robbed. What do I do? What about my poor cat that's out in the house with them? Will they hurt her? Oh my God, I have to climb out of this tiny ass window, butt ass naked and run to a neighbor's house. That was all going through my head. I turned off the shower to try to hear them better and the talking stopped for a moment and then it started back up. I wrapped my towel around myself and did the dumb girl in every scary movie move and opened the bathroom door slowly and went hello i was met with silence i looked around and everything was still the same the front door looked locked and i thought i was being crazy and so i went back into the shower not in the mood to listen to music now that i was creeped out then the talking started up again so what did i do run out of the house screaming you ask nope My ass walked quickly into my bedroom right next to the bathroom and locked the door as if it would stop the ghosties. This shower situation became an everyday thing and would only occur when I was home alone. It was something I grew to ignore. Just nosy spirits peeking into all of the bedrooms. No biggie. But one fall day... I hopped into the shower, ready for my spirit roommates to begin their daily hunt through the house, and as I get out of the bathroom, I was suddenly glued to the spot with fear. Every single door on that end of the house, besides the front door, was wide open, even the coat closet and linen closet, and the creepy little smiling scarecrow decoration my grandma had on the coffee table that was originally facing me in the bathroom was turned and facing the open doorway of my grandparents' room. The voices never happened again after that instance, but the spookiness was not over. When I was around 18, I began to see the shadow people. I knew they weren't good, but they always ran off. It began when I was visiting my family in the Cayman Islands. I've gone there every summer and winter break my entire life and was staying with my great aunt, her husband, her daughter, and her granddaughter, who was just a few years younger than me. One night, we were all sitting around the dining room, and I sat at the end, facing the rest of the house. As I'm telling a story, I saw a dark gray figure dash behind the kitchen, through the living room, and down the hall where the bedrooms were. I froze mid-sentence and tried to pick back up on my story as I was scared to tell my extremely religious family members what I saw as they don't believe in ghosts and didn't want them to think I was crazy. The next morning when they left for church, I sat down at the table with a bowl of cereal and called my best friend Alyssa. I was telling her about what had happened the night before at dinner. She knows I'm haunted AF. And at the same time, the figure goes by in broad daylight, runs off down the hall. And this time, it sounded like a pile of books were knocked onto the floor. Alyssa heard it too, and I noped it out of there and sat on the back porch until my family members got home. 
After returning to the U.S., I began seeing a darker spirit. I'd lay on the couch and watch this dark figure stand in the kitchen and suddenly disappear in the blink of an eye. But my scariest experience was one of my first encounters with it. One night, I lay in bed on my stomach with one leg thrown over a pillow, scrolling through Instagram at 2 in the morning. I kept my hall light on for the cat every night, and from the corner of my eye, I could see movement under the door, seemingly running from one end of the door to the next. I thought it might have been my cat, Nalu, outside of my door. Sabrina? What? I can't hear your, your stop, audio stop. anymore. No. Oh, okay. Now I can hear you. you. I couldn't hear you for like two sentences. I was waiting for it to come back. Why did you just terrify me? Sorry. Oh my sorry. God. You just scared the holy bejesus <laughs> out of me. I thought I didn't know if you could even hear me. That's why I was like, Sabrina. Oh my God. Corinne, the first <laughs> thought. So no, the thought that goes through that went through my mind because I had the, the email up over you. So I can't see like the video oh, screen at no. all. I truly like my heart dropped. I was like, what is behind me? <laughs> I wish we were recording this because your face. I mean, I feel so horrible, but like that was true oh, fear. It just flashed across your face. You like sunk into, you shrunk like to a third of the size that you are. I don't know how your body did that. I don't know, but you just <laughs> shape shifted. I think I saw. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. No, it's just the audio cut out. Well, you know, like when you're when you're reading really scary stories like this and like you kind of feel like a darkness, like it's it might be in my imagination, but like it's a dark story. I feel I felt the energy like around me yeah. feeling darker. Like it almost felt like the room got darker. So it truly was at right, that It feels moment. like something is nearby watching you, like upset that you're talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like, hey, oh, God, you're was- tempting fate a little bit. Be careful. Right. Oh, my God. Oh. Okay. Well, I can confirm I see nothing around you. Your apartment's really nice and beautiful and light. Okay. But I did just hear something creak down the hallway. It probably Leia in her big old booty. She's sitting on the chair and I can see her. Get out! <laughs> it's the ant. He's reborn. He's coming. And the ant is back for his revenge. <laughs> okay. This time 10 pounds heavier. Okay. Well, now I'm scared because the next paragraph is very scary. You can do it. If I see something, I will not tell you. I'm making this smaller so I can see my screen at the same time. Okay. okay. Good idea. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Man, these are like the extremes of emotions. Yeah, we are. I bawled my oh, eyes oh, out. You almost had a heart attack. Okay. Okay. We're here. Okay. I could see movement under the door, seemingly running from one end of the door to the next. I thought it might have been my cat, Nalu, outside my door trying to catch a moth or something. As I let my eyes adjust to the darkness, I realized not only was whatever it was moving not my cat, but I also realized it was actually inside my room. The dark figure seemed to graze its, in quotes, head on the ceiling and kept pacing in front of my door. My blood ran cold. I quickly jumped up, turning the flashlight on my phone and the ceiling fan light on at the same time and felt compelled to yell, get out. Okay, that's weird. Just yelled the same thing. Uh-oh. I probably saw well, it. I saw it, it in all caps before. Probably. Probably. It's fine. I knew I had to. It gave off the worst feeling of dread I've ever felt. When the lights were on, it was gone, and I refused to sleep with the lights off for weeks. I didn't have any experiences happen for a year or two. I reconnected with an ex, Roland, who lived down in the Cayman Islands. I moved down there, and we ended up getting engaged. He had this adorable puppy named Milo, and we did everything with him. Although he was untrained, he was pretty well-behaved and only barked at strangers. Shortly after I moved down, Milo became terrified of our room. 
Every night, he'd wake up startled and begin growling at the dark corner of our huge attic bedroom. He'd start to run a few steps, then yelp and whine, backing up until his little butt hit our bedpost and whined to get in bed with us and hide under the covers. I have it on video in case you ladies ever want to see it. It's the weirdest thing ever. And after I cleanse our bedroom, it never happened again. I have plenty of stories, but I feel like I've overloaded you as it is. I'll send more another time. Stay spooky, ghostesses, and I'll see you on the other side, Alexa. <sighs> I mean, there's a lot here. There's, yep. a, there's a lot going on, and unfortunately, it all kind of sounds dark. Yep. So, so. I'm not <laughs> in, entirely sure what to make of it. It's like yeah. the experience The experience that Alexa had with the with the women in 19th century clothing that, that like came and it, it – like turned into this bloodbath of a scene. Yeah. That's so disturbing. And that just makes me think of the examples that we've heard before of this like dark presence that's trying to break someone down and trying to disturb them and make them vulnerable to kind yeah. of like take over and contribute to this depressive state that they might be it's heading in. Like they're easier prey at that yeah, time. Yeah, it's interesting though, because the way that I interpreted that part of this, because it was like every night for so many nights, she was just like continuously approached by different spirits that like were asking for help it truly did seem to me that like in the same way that ghost whisperer and medium in those shows like they can't control like the spirits like coming to them for Mm. help like it kind of felt like these spirits truly like could could tell that she could see them and she could communicate with them and so they were asking for help but alexa's like young and doesn't know what to do and also they're terrifying they're coming they're all bloody and hurt and that's scary and terrifying for anyone so and then and then it feels like because all of this was happening and alexa didn't know how to like work through it or even like handle it a dark spirit was like i'm going to take advantage of her of the state that she's in because she hasn't she hadn't been getting a lot of sleep the like the screen flashing and the voice is so scary so scary it's also making me think too what if there is just some larger darker creature that come it's like the the mother of all creatures that it's coming with all of this other darkness like what if this thing preyed on other people and those are the souls that she saw coming to her night after night and the shadow people are like workers of this being like i'm just thinking of this like one large thing that's that she has to battle. But yeah. I guess that's that's a much horrible that's a horrible spin for, for me to put on this. I know. And it does sound like there are different like it's measured. Like there are different things happening at different times. It's not all at once. So sometimes it's shadow people. Sometimes it's people chit chatting while she's in the shower and yeah. there's like a dark creature moving through her home. I it's interesting, like though it has it does seem like it's evolving. Like once she told someone about this like dream and like dark energy with like the threat that it shared then she started seeing the people or hearing the people while she was in the shower and then that stopped and then she started seeing shadow people and then it evolved into this thing the the fact that its head was grazing the ceiling while it was in her bedroom is horrifying yeah and it followed her to the cayman islands right yes well it it was in the cayman islands and then she went back to the u.s and then in the cayman islands again right so like it it goes back and forth. It's not I just know. in Florida. It's not just in the Cayman Islands. But every time Alexa cleanses, it goes away, which is good. That is good. I wonder if, Alexa, have you ever done a reading, like with a medium or even just like, I don't know, tarot? Yeah, I, I would strongly point. suggest just a reading and not like a past life oh, yeah, regression yeah, yeah. or something. 
Because I'm just, yeah, go go somewhere professional. Don't yeah. lie down and let your soul kind oh, of no, no, no. Don't move do about your body and your space. Yeah, don't give your body up to this shadow figure to take over. Yeah. But like a medium, I wonder if they can like sense the spirit around Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I feel like that would be a terrifying experience too to, to find out. Like I think – Going into that conversation, I would also want to know if there is something bad, are you the right person to talk to? Like asking the person who's giving you the reading, like, do you have the resources or the direction to give me in terms of getting rid of it? Because I wouldn't want to know that there's this like dark creature latched on to my shoulders hovering over me and then just be re-released into the world. Yeah. I want help. This is why that story – I'm now reminded of that story that we – that was on Green Room – on March 15th, because I'm not going to know what number it was until it comes out. But Sam was telling the story of like that woman who was like a masseuse who offered a massage. And then as giving the massage was like, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I also am a medium and I can see spirits. Yes, Like, I just wish there are people like that all over. Like, I just want to pass one on the street and have them stop me and tell me certain things and like guide me. Like, I just, yeah, I'm so curious. I want to have a friend that is like that. Let's become each other's friends. Well, yeah, but we also, don't have we – we're not have, powerful. We don't have skills. True. I know. I was just thinking, like, why don't we power up? Why don't we try? Evolve. But then again, we have a whole community of phantoms. Like, I feel like there's a That's lot true. of people. We're now taking applications to who wants to be our medium friend. <laughs> <laughs> Once a quarter, you're required to touch our shoulder and tell us if you feel anything. Travel is not included. You must pay your own way. <laughs> We'll come to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is called That Time My Friend Was Ripped Out of His Body by a Shadow Person and Nearly Lost His Soul. <gasps> I saw <laughs> this in the folder and I was like, I cannot wait until Corinne reads it. Here we go. Ah, this is from Buckle Laura. Up. Hello, my fair hostesses with the ghostesses. Ooh. I hope all is well with you and Princess Leia. I am writing today with an incredible story that made me shiver the shivers of all shivers, (laughs) and I hope it does the same for you. But buckle up. This one is long, but worth every word, I promise. The story that I'm about to share is not an encounter of my own, thank God, but rather of my two close friends. They've given me permission to share the story with you all, and I'd be thrilled if you read it on the podcast. For privacy purposes, I have changed the names of my two friends. First off, let me hit you with some backstory. My very close friend, let's call her Katie, is clairvoyant and has always been able to see creatures from another plane since birth. <gasps> okay, maybe Katie doesn't need to apply. We may have found our, <laughs> our medium. We've sourced yeah. her. She can also read animal auras, which I think is awesome. And she thinks my dog, Willow, is a family member of mine reincarnated. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to figure that out. But anyways... Whenever Katie mentions this ability of hers, she proudly states that she used to use her clairvoyance at a very young age to freak her parents out, and for a good reason. Sadly, her parents, her dad and stepmom, were negative histrionics, a personality disorder that causes the person to have very intense and unstable emotions, as well as narcissistic and abusive tendencies. As I'm sure you can imagine from her past trauma, dark entities enjoy tormenting and attaching themselves to her. Luckily, Katie has grown into an incredibly strong individual in every aspect. She has learned to set extremely strong boundaries against these dark forces and chooses to take any emotional pain as a reminder of how beautiful life is and how marvelous it is that we as humans can love and feel so deeply. I digress. I just admire her for her strength so much. 
There are currently four entities that live in Katie's house. A ghost that lives in Katie's sister's room, a lady in Katie's hallway mirror that can crawl out a la the grudge and will sit on the kitchen counter and watch everybody, a giant spider with a human face for a head that was upside down because why the fuck not? And that thing would suspend itself from the ceiling in the hallway and a large shadow person, the latter of which stars in this story. So this is yes, terrifying. Am, this is literally, I can't even imagine. I don't want this gift. Katie, you can have it. Yeah, please keep it for yourself. But I hope it doesn't haunt you as much. I hope it, no, yeah. I hope you don't even have to deal with this. No, I'm so sorry. I wished it upon you. <laughs> I take it all back. She writes, yes, I have attached sketches of all of the entities drawn by Katie. <gasps> Oh my gosh. So the shadow person, he doesn't have a special name per se, but Katie just refers to him as Shadow Man. She describes him as a long and tall Dementor-like shadow figure along the lines of the depiction of Dementors from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban movie. Nope. And when the Shadow Man first attached himself to Katie, he actually tormented her so badly and she was convinced that she was losing her mind until her sister told her that she could see the Shadow Man too. This Shadow Man enjoys trying to torment Katie throughout the house as he is attached to her. But since Katie has set such a strong boundary in her room, he often tries to enter but becomes frustrated when he is unable to do so. Katie's boyfriend at the time, let's just call him Justin, had had relatively very little exposure to the spirit realm directly, but he has experienced sleep paralysis and would occasionally see a dark figure in his room. But certainly, he's not clairvoyant. This story takes place on the first night that Justin spent at Katie's house. Justin woke up, in the middle of the night, completely unable to move. However, he was able to sense a very dark presence coming from behind the bedroom door. His eyes were closed, but he could see everything clear as day and even through the door. Oh. Justin later described it as very clearly the shadow man that was attached to Katie. My gosh. The shadow man was in the hallway and he was targeting Justin from behind the door. The shadow man became furious at his inability to come into the room due to Katie's incredibly strong boundaries. And he was pounding on the door. He's flailing in the hallway, desperately trying to get in. And poor, terrified Justin was just in this sleep paralysis, unable to open his eyes or move or speak. And eventually, the shadow man calmed his actions. Justin thought maybe he'd given up trying to come in the door. When all of a sudden, Justin felt this incredible force impart a gut-wrenching, ripping sensation in his body. What? And then... Justin felt his soul leave his body. No. Justin began to panic. And in soul form, he was able to look around enough to see his body still on the bed next to Katie. Justin was astral projecting against his will. And where was he going, you may ask? Well, he was floating directly towards the shadow man's outstretched hand behind no. the bedroom door. Oh my God, Say, no, no, no. And then she was, Nope. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Justin's soul began to cry for help any way that he could. After what seemed like an eternity of floating away and crying out for Katie to help, he suddenly felt these warm, large hands reach out and around his soul and bring him back into his body. Justin told me that the last thing he saw before merging back with his body was Katie turning over in her sleep to embrace him. Both Katie and Justin awoke with a start. They looked at the clock. It was just after 3 a.m. They discussed what had happened, and although Katie had technically been asleep, she could vividly remember hearing Justin whimper and feeling him shake beside her. As Katie is a very protective person, especially on those she holds close, her soul automatically knew to protect Justin's. 
They talked until after 4 a.m., not taking any chances with trying to go back to sleep during the witching hour like smart and responsible humans, during which Katie lit some sage and cedar incense and cleansed the room, whilst repeating to Justin, you're safe and I won't let anything happen to you. Oh my gosh. After cleansing the room and reinforcing her boundaries, Katie and Justin tried to fall back asleep and soon realized it just was not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no thank you. No way. <laughs> they No. They got out of bed and they began getting ready for work. As they left Katie's room, they saw that the shelves that were bolted into the wall in the hallway, just to the left and to the right of the bedroom door, had been ripped out of the wall <gasps> and were laying on the floor in a pile with all of the objects that were meant to be sitting atop the shelves. Justin now has a lot more faith in things he doesn't know about. <laughs> yeah. Katie gives him selenite, labradorite, black tourmaline, and onyx to, pre to protect him. And to this day, Justin never leaves the house without at least one of those protection stones. So yeah, that's the story. How freaking spooky is that? Can you imagine if Katie hadn't saved Justin's soul? That's all for now, girls, but don't worry. Katie's happy to share more stories, and I need to know more about this Spider-Man face entity in her hallway. Until next time, and see you on the other side, Laura. I'm looking at the drawings. I know. It's so creepy that... The mirror girl? The mirror girl who's just like straight... Okay, first of all, what the fuck? The girl crawls out of a mirror and then goes onto the kitchen counter and just stares at everybody? Why? What? Ugh. Like, what is happening? Katie. I need Katie... I need Katie to, to tell us, like, if she's communicated with these spirits or has any any idea as to the, their purpose or, like, why they do the things they do. That's yeah. the one I need the answer to. Well, I also – the spider with a human f head? Yeah, a human head. And the spider body's upside down because it's on the ceiling. So the human head is, like, right side up. So it's technically twisted. I'm unwell. Upside down. Oh, and then there's an alien in her sister's room. Oh, yeah. I don't – interesting. We need to know more. There's so much going on. Yeah. And just the image of Justin's soul being ripped out of his body and being pulled – like levitating across the ceiling towards the shadow person's outstretched hand ooh, is something ooh, that ooh, I will ooh. never be able to get out of my head. It is – Oh, my God. Terrifying. Yeah, and the fact that – the, the creature can do that, like can basically find that loophole. And rips and souls. Rips, yes, and make him move towards him. Like the bound – thinking that you're safe in the room just because the thing can't enter it doesn't mean that, that it can't make you leave. And for Justin to be so conscious too, like to remember all of that. Like I feel like oftentimes – People like wake up from a nightmare or they turn on the lights and they're able to like shake it off. But it, it seems like this was happening for like it was minutes long. Right. Yeah. Well, honestly, thank goodness that Katie is clairvoyant. Like thank goodness yeah. that she can sense these things and like could hear him whimpering and uh, can see and hear his soul. So like she in the moment when she was sleeping didn't necessarily know that it wasn't his actual human body right here perhaps, but – still intervened and helped. And it sounds like she has kind of like the magic touch, you know, like whatever she touches is protected. Oh my gosh. So I re-looked at the story and this drawing of the alien-like creature is a, is a ghost that lives in Katie's sister's room, which is so scary. It's like this ghoulish skeletal figure with these like limp wrists. Ew. And long talon-like fingers and this like really bony, elongated, bulbous head. It looks like an alien. Yeah, it does, which makes me wonder if there are alien ghosts or if it just happens to look like that or if it's an alien that often comes to katie's sister's room and it's not a ghost right 
Yeah, because because Laura did say that Katie sees things from other, essentially, like, dimensions. These other creatures that don't necessarily exist on our plane. But somehow she can see them. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. okay. Well, new fear unlocked. <laughs> okay. So I had a story lined up to read, and I'm going to move it to next encounters because an email just came into our inbox. And... It, I feel like I need to read it because we were just talking about how we need someone who can like tell us messages and touch our shoulders. And Jason, our listener Jason, sent an email truly as we were recording 59 minutes ago. And the subject line is spirit messages received during campfire stories. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, I already have chills. <laughs> Dear ghostesses. First, let me say that I absolutely love the campfire stories. I really enjoy the stories and the interactivity of it from the group chat to the people being able to speak and share their stories. With that said, I, being a medium, also experience a lot of spirit activity while I listen to the campfire stories live. And while that might frighten others, I think it's awesome. Sometimes it causes the spirits around me to act up more, and other times I can sense the spirits that are present with whoever is speaking – And sometimes they come to me with messages for that person. During yesterday's campfire stories, 3-15-2022, there was a spirit for each of you that came through with messages. I really wanted to raise my hand and speak so I could tell you, but honestly, I was a bit hesitant to do so because I know you ladies get scared easily. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) I also know that you've said you'd rather not know if there are spirits in the room around you. So I chose not to raise my hand to speak. I did enjoy the show and the stories were awesome. After the show, I sat questioning myself for not telling you that there were spirits that had messages for you. I don't know if either of you can sense spirits or not, but you both have always had at least one spirit around each of you when you're recording. Whoa. (gasps) That gave me chills. Oh my God, me too. So I decided Ah. I would email you these messages and let you do what you will with the information. Please let me know if you would like me to speak up next time spirits come through for you. But now for the messages. Corinne, there was a female spirit that came through for you. She is a guardian of yours, and she said to tell you that she sincerely apologizes for scaring you with the giant spiders. Oh, She didn't realize they would frighten you so much. She said she takes the form of the spider to watch over you. She only wants to guide and protect you. She said now that she sees spiders scare you, she will appear in a different form next time. Her name is Arachne. She overheard you say before that you would like to learn how to become a witch and she wants to help you. (gasps) Oh my (laughs) God, I'm so excited. She also said that there is another female spirit that watches over you who she thinks is either your grandmother or great-grandmother. Well, that lines up. Sabrina, there was a male spirit that came through for you. He is someone who loves you very much. I sense this must be someone like a grandfather or great-grandfather. He said to tell you he loves you and is very proud of you. He said that you are not invisible. You've just convinced yourself that you are. And he said that you just (laughs) need to be confident and don't be afraid to let people see who you are. He also said something about your future. He said that when your daughter is born, your grandmother will be there to help you. I hope that these messages are helpful to you. Also, I feel like I should tell you that Sven says hello. He also said that even though his real name is not Sven, he is happy to adopt that name since everyone refers to him by it. (laughs) (laughs) Please keep up the amazing work. It helps more people than you realize. Also, if you ever decide you want to interview another medium, I would be happy to volunteer. See you on the other side, Jason. Oh my God, I could cry again. I I love this. I know. 
Jason, I want, uh, okay, if you, next campfire stories, let's try to call to Sven and see if Jason can speak to our ghost and find out our ghost's real name. Right, because we don't know. Yeah, why Why can't we? Let's, Although the nickname is Lovingly I know. Sven, we should figure out this person's real yeah. name. Yeah, and who are they? Why do they like our podcast? I want. I have questions for our Because our, our podcast totally does have a spirit. Oh, 100%. Like everybody says. 100%. Wow, this is so – I love this. I know. This is so interesting. You have a spirit guide named Arachne. Well, does Arachne know that I am arachnophobic? Now she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now she does. Now she will appear in a different form. But I guess maybe it was the aunt why and I would I wake up at like – it's always like kind of the witching hour when I would wake up and see yeah, the, the spider. This giant spider crawling. What if it comes? Okay, may, tell her out loud what you want her to appear as, so that maybe you'll recognize it. I need to think. Initial thought was Chihuahua. But <laughs> let me keep thinking. It should be something that can like realistically appear in your place, right? And like kind of hmm, hmm, hmm. maybe mm, a flower of sorts. Oh, a phantom flower because I actually don't have any flowers in my apartment. I am full plant lady, no flowers. Oh, what if a flower starts to bud on a plant? Oh, well, then you'll know. Then I'll know because I'm not taking proper care of my plants. So I'm not going to. Ah, there's another pretend. aunt. Oh, Sabrina, my heart. I think it's off my body. <laughs> well, that was payback for you for what you did to me earlier. <laughs> well, you screamed in the microphone. I gently went, Sabrina. <laughs> Which is worse? I don't know. Which one's worse? I don't. I don't know. But my heart. Oh, sorry. Goodness. If we gave anyone a jump scare, we didn't mean to. Yeah, we should let Aiden know. Okay, Aiden, at at minute, I'm gonna mark it. You're gonna tell him after we do it. No, oh, I'm gonna, gonna take gonna a picture right now. now, and I'm gonna guess about ten seconds before here <laughs> to give him give our editor a heads up so he doesn't also oh my gosh die of fear i we literally just had an exterminator come in for these ants and they're back oh well i'm sorry but maybe you should tell the person that's looking over you i know to get rid of the ants for you i'm so curious the the message about when i have a daughter i know that my On grandmother September 21st <laughs> that my grandmother will be with me I love that. Isn't that so nice? It is, but did she have like a certain smell? Like I, I'm wondering. Yeah, if you're cigarettes and coffee. Because you're gonna you're gonna walk into the nursery and it's just gonna be reeking of cigs. I'll be like, cigarettes hey, and girl, coffee. who's giving who? Like you're too young to be smoking cigarettes. <laughs> um, maybe you'll pick stuff up on the baby cam. Oh my gosh, terrifying. Yeah. I wonder if if there are like ghost proof baby cams on the market. If anyone ever advertises that, I don't think so. I think unfortunately, ghosts flock to cameras, baby cams. My favorite thing about growing up in the '90s and early 2000s was that the baby monitors would pick up other people's homes, like be on the same frequency. Ooh, I think that still happens. Does it? Yes. We've heard stories. Oh, I of thought it. it was like some archaic technology glitch <laughs> that we got to enjoy, but no, I down. think it'll still I'm happen. Ready. I'm into that. Although it is really spooky, I think, to be alone and hear the monitor go off. I think for you and I, we'll assume ghost. Yes. Which is why it will be spooky at first until we like really listen. Yeah. And eavesdrop. Yeah. It would be really scary if you lived in the middle of nowhere and you didn't have neighbors for like 200 <gasps> miles. That would be terrible. And then terrifying. your monitor's picking up and you're like, where do these people live? Who are they? 
where are they oh, coming from? Oh, that would from? be horrifying. Yeah. Or like who's outside of my place in the middle of the woods right. trying to scare I me. I feel like this could be a really good campy movie like called The Baby Monitor, you know, Sharknado style, Ooh. where it's just horrible acting, but it's meant to be bad. <laughs> Monitor in the woods. Monitor in the woods. <laughs> Let's write that too. <gasps> Ooh, this, okay, but the Monitor in the Woods movie is you go – like you're on a camping trip out in the middle of the Appalachian Trail in the middle of nowhere. It's like dark, it's woody, and all of a sudden you start hearing the crying of a baby and you're terrified. You've heard the stories on our podcast before, yeet the baby, but your instincts are like, baby, I need to go help this baby. So you go and you creep into the woods. You're with someone. It's two of you. You're creeping in and you get closer and closer to the sound and you find a baby monitor and on the monitor you say a baby somewhere in the woods crying and it's desperate and it needs your help and you have to find <gasps> it Sabrina but when you get there it's a demon <sighs> oh my god i feel the stress coming over my body of trying to find the baby in the woods it's like blair witch project but about the baby in the woods the baby in the woods oh my gosh i no no, 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 no. I feel like more than f- more than the fear of what would happen to me, it would be the fear of not finding the baby in time, like trying to track down the baby. Yeah, well, that's the whole first half of the movie. And then the middle of the movie, they find the baby, but it's not a baby. And then the second half of the movie is the fear of being chased by a demon. It's a changeling. Yeah. This is good. Maybe we should get into some like campy movie rating. Okay. I'm into it. I like it. I think other people would watch it. <laughs> Yeah. No. Write us write us a review of our movie that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Let us know. What you, would you watch this? <laughs> Please let us know. Please. We should start a production company where we just tell everybody our ideas up front and have people vote on which ones they would actually watch. And then those are the ones we make. Or we start a production company where we just come up with these what if scenarios and sell it based on that and someone else writes it and we just make the money. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Or we make 17 versions of the same movie, but people have to clip them together and it's a choose your own adventure. <gasps> what was that Black Mirror episode? Oh, yeah. I barely remember it. Balder, bon, Balder, no, something. Shades. I don't remember. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, that's that's the name of the game here at Two Girls, One Ghost. We don't remember anything, but we're ready to listen to your stories next week. And that's our show. With jazz fingers <laughs> and everything involved. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this Encounters episode. If you guys have any encounters with the paranormal, cryptids, aliens, anything weird and strange, please email them to us at twogirlsonegostpodcast at gmail.com. And then... Do your Sabrina a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. And say something nice. Please. Thank you. We have Patreon. We have merch. We have social media. We have things. And we have things. We hope that you're a part of the pyramid scheme. Yeah. And if you're not, you should be. And you can be a part of it by just telling one person about the podcast. And then you get to be a part of it, which is so cool. Well, for it to be a pyramid scheme, you have to tell two people. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Because we're making a pyramid, not a line. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, ooh, man, I suck at MLMs. Math. <laughs> Math. Oh, we're grateful for many people as always, first of all, thank you to Aiden Manning for coming along on this journey and being scared along with us, probably because you don't know what's coming, and for editing our podcast and uh, making it sound much, much better. Thank you to you and your thank whole you. team at FR Digital. And also, thank you to our Patreon donors, the Phantoms from the month of February. 
We are so incredibly grateful for you. So we're going to shout out your name. Yes. Thank you to Sim, Marina, Bridget, Corbin's mom, Shannon, Chrissy, Kareen, Nadia, Audrey, Sarah, Brittany, Dolores, Elizabeth, Allison, Charmaine, Carrie, quite contrary, Trina, Caroline, Natasha, Rebecca, Charlie, Christy, Sally, Courtney, Dane, Vanessa, Alexandra, Katie, Analia, Jasmine, Kay, Alicia, Jenny, Caitlin, Elena, Nikki B, the Northern Witch, Joseph, Adriana, Megan and Lisa, Shamea, Eileen, Quinn, Darlene, Genesis, Jen, Jesse, Nix the Twix, Jennifer, Meredith, Siobhan, Sarah, Dan, Alex, Amanda, Annie, Artemis, Fowl, Barrow, Normal, Christine, Great Quest for Knowledge, Hannah, Maddie, Chuckles the Clown, Lauren, Gloria, Jennifer, Luna, Dusty, McKenna, Becca, Lindsay, Jenny, Jolie, Rachel, Anna, Jennifer, and Rachel. Thank you. I don't know why I always want to sing thank you. <laughs> I like it. It's just like a natural instinct. And I don't know why. I don't know, but we should make a clip of all of them together and see if you can harmonize with yourself. Thank a choir you. of thank yous. Thank you. <laughs> and we will see you, you on the other side. side. Very smooth.